Welcome. It is the Ski Bump Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, fresh back from Denver, Colorado. What's up? It's been a ride. It was uh, fun being out there. I like the Denver area. I have a better appreciation for it. And it started me, got me to start thinking about where I'd be skiing uh, next year. So, Yeah, we've got a very uh, light and mild main topic today, but Mario's doing a little research already. He's got some inside tips and scoops, so you might want to hang That's around to check it out. In the now, works. you did mention you were in Denver. You did not ski, but... A Basin will be closing this weekend, and it's got a couple inches of snow, which is absolutely awesome. So if you're out wow. there, our friends out in Colorado, hope you're getting a couple more turns in while you can. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Untapped, YouTube, at Podcast. Damn, everywhere. We are. Patreon. If you want to help us out, if you want to help us push it and get to the next level with this podcast, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So you can check us out there. Patreon.com slash Ski Bump Podcast. We're trying to figure out what would be great giveaways. What would be incentivizing you to be a patron besides helping us out, which is awesome. So we're yeah. thinking about maybe having some even some virtual meetups, maybe some meetups during the ski season, give it away gear. If you have any ideas... Send us a, an email or anything else you want to talk about. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want financial advice, you want advice at home, definitely send us a thing. We probably can't help, but, you know, we'd like to hear from you. You got to diversify your bonds. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and we have one last thing. So we talked about it last week. Talk about it again. I have joined the ambassador program at the brand 10,000. Their website is 10,000, all one word, dot CC. They are making some of the best workout clothing gear for guys. I love their stuff. I've been using it for a couple months now. Um, I'm a huge fan of their interval shorts. I've got like three pairs now. I'm going to get a couple more. Their whole thing is their athlete-led design. Uh, Athletes and military are the ones who are, are building their their stuff. They've got Perfect pockets, best fit. They've got a cool rewards program. And their whole concept is be better than yesterday. So it's the idea of pursuit. And they say in business, fitness, and life, they believe in moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement and to become just a bit better than we were yesterday. They're making awesome stuff. They're a really cool company. I have a promo code. So if you use my promo code, which is... B Schneider 15, all one word, B-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R 15. You can get 15% off. Boom. We'll put the link in the show notes too if you want to check it out. I'm actually Boom. buying some new bathing suits from them because I was looking at another company and I wasn't really liking their whole thing they're doing these days. So I'm going with 10,000 because it's a brand that I believe in and I can get behind. And I think y'all are going to like it too. Ladies, you have like a make- penis hider pocket in there or no? Bro, you can't hide it with these shorts. <laughs> it's just, it's all on a display. And it's only got guy stuff right now. They may have a ladies version. I don't know. Right now, it's just for men. Let's enjoy that while we can. Just for men. That's a hair thing too, just right? Just for men. But then you're, <laughs> wherever you want. They all kinds of stuff too. We're not affiliated with them, but if you want to buy some just for men, go right ahead. Stop you. So check it out. 10,000.cc. Use the code BSchneider15. 15% off. Mario. Nice. Let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our prey today. 
It's been a rough week, I gotta say. It's a we short say that week. every time. Like every week's a rough week. Life is hard. Life and is this hard. was a short week. And I'm like, why does it feel like it's been a longer week than normal? So I don't know. I think I'm just batteries run down from travel. So I got home and right away I made myself a nice drink. And I'll pray work week drink. So we're doing this on a Friday, which is not the yeah. norm lately. Not the norm. And it was basically my weed infusion drink with seltzer was very good and as i told brian for some reason i think the batch of the weed stuff that i put in the drink i think is an extra stronger batch and i kind of dosed myself and my wife this weekend by accident so we were pretty pretty fried walking around the house i told brian before this uh podcast i'm like yeah it is stronger because like i'm feeling that right now too so We'll oh see what creeps up on me while while this podcast is going on. But I think I Joe Rogan nice had, a, had a bit in one of his stand-ups once talking about like how he's like, when they're making the edibles, like is this stuff really regulated? Like some dude <laughs> there with like a Grateful Dead t-shirt on and dreadlocks just throwing in the weed and mixing stuff up and then yeah. wondering, did I remember to put in the weed or not? So he throws in the weed again and mix it up again. Yeah. That's that's pretty much the guy making it. And they get a hot batch. I think that's what I got. A hot batch. Got the hot batch. So I had uh like two of those. I had the first one really quick because I was just thirsty and pissed off and, you know, from the week. But then I made myself a nice little gin drink. Oh, there you nice go. This been, uh... So I don't like a lot in my drinks anymore. I don't know why, but I don't use a lot of mixers. So I got some, had some fresh strawberries in the fridge. So I got the strawberries. I muddled it. Where is it? Look at you. So I muddled the strawberries. Then I put the gin in there. Mix it up, strained it into a glass, and then I added seltzer. I think it's a cherry seltzer. So put that in there. It's like a cherry strawberry gin drink. That sounds delightful. It's like a, a Tom Collins, but like it's like a John Lennon, would you call it? Because like strawberry fields. Let's call it a John gin. Lennon. A John That's Lennon. Right. We've just caught it, made a new drink up. But you know, I like I like having fresh berries around the house. I don't know. Like at night, I'll snack on berries and... I give my dog berries because they're supposed to be good for the dogs, the uh, blueberries. So I'll get like red, you know, raspberries or something or strawberries. So when I have that stuff around, I'm looking for something to, to, to make. I'll muddle like just berries and put alcohol in it and seltzer and that's a drink. I like that. That's solid. You know what? It's better than getting a flavored seltzer. You, just get, you can flavor it yourself, right? And there's like no calories in that thing. Yeah. It's barely any calories. It's a, you know. Barely. Any calories? Barely. Barely. Not to worry. It won't make my ass fat for uh, bathing suit season. You know. That's true. <laughs> just no dingleberries. No dingleberries. No dingleberries. Is that a real berry? Dingleberry. I don't believe it is. Dingleberry <laughs> I pie. It's, it's all tomfoolery. Yeah. Thanksgiving. What'd you get? I brought a dingleberry pie for everybody. <laughs> a, a what? A what the fuck did you bring? It's a dingleberry pie. No, it's really chocolate. I swear. I swear. Like, did you try it yet? Is it good? Do you like it? That's right. Talk oh, about you hate my poop. You hate my poop. <laughs> Talk about dosing somebody. Oh, it's so nasty. You know, some people like some people are disgusting. Like, what was that? Uh, Van Wilder? They make like the donuts. They filled the donuts with like the dog shit. Oh god! Somehow horrible. the guys thought it was good. I don't know. Mm, it was delicious. None of that movie holds up. That was um, Ryan Val Kilmer, right? Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Was Val Kilmer in there? He might have been I was in there. I thinking Val Kilmer. Yeah, Little genius. Wilder. Was he in Van Wilder? He could have been. He's been in a lot of stuff. I'm going to look it up now. Did you see the uh, documentary, Val? I did. That was That's very sad. 
Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea he had a. It was cancer, right? That he had like. I don't. I don't exactly know. It's something that it affected his voice box, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's still alive. But yeah, he lost his. Uh, started losing his voice. Like it's a. Uh... It was cool though in that the van or the um yeah the van movie that he just like filmed everything his whole life. You know, like they were showing him from like the eighties and nineties, and like him and his wife and his kids. Like he filmed everything even back then. So he had this whole huge collection of stuff, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where he had throat cancer. Throat cancer, yeah. He's in a ton of movies, though. Oh, yeah. A ton of great movies. I still haven't seen the new Top Gun movie. I'm working on it. You know, I saw half of it on an airplane. I'm like, damn it, now I can't watch the rest of it. Like, you want to be a fighter pilot, but you're like on the plane. You're like, can I take this? I'll take the the stick, bro. Come on, step aside. I, I, just saw, I just saw Top Gun Maverick. Can you step aside, please? Pretty sure if Tom Cruise can do it, so can I. That's right. Now, one of my favorite movies from Val Kilmer is The Saint. You ever the see Saint. That? that was a good one. My favorite movies. I could watch that over and over for some odd reason. There's a few movies you ever notice that you could just watch them over and over. You never get tired. Yeah. Big Lebowski. Watch that see? over and over again. There you go. See, that I can't watch over and over. I like it, but like, I got to be in the mood ready to go for it. I'm trying to make my son say some of the quotes in it and like not understand the reference. Oh. So, like, so like if someone bumps into him when he's a drink, I'm like, careful, man, there's a beverage. Like I want him to say that so that if someone hears him, they'd be like, oh, that kid is awesome. Like what's going on with that kid? Oh, like, I have funny. him do like caddyshack quotes, like out of context, like you scratched my anchor. Like he just says <laughs> stuff like that. So I want him to, you know, so like, he doesn't know what it means, but. You scratch my anchor. To one day to just like watch the movie then and be like, oh, that's where that's from. And I'll be like, be like, son, today you will become a man because you've you've learned. It, that's what happens with like all the Godfather movies. Kids like that don't know the movie genre. They they hear all those those terms and references and then they watch the movie and like, is that where that term is from? Like, yes. Yeah, because they'll quote it in like Family Guy. Like everywhere simpsons rick and morty like south park yeah every everything in pop culture is and then all of a sudden like you get the reference it's just the matrix comes together and it's like yeah now i get it i i talked to a, a guy this past weekend and he saw jaws for the first time last weekend oh wow and i was like are there essential like like a bunch of pop culture references that you finally get now after 38 years yeah he's like yeah it's like I'm going to bigger it. boat and I'm never going in the water again. So yeah. kind of twofold. Yeah, really. But you, you don't get those references. And people say it all the time. They don't even know what it means. It's like, do you know what that's from? Yeah. Yeah, there's certain movies like, yeah, I remember was, yeah, watching Godfather for the first time in my 20s being like, oh my God, like really? Like that's where that's from? Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. So my app right today, because let's be honest, man, it's just about summer here. Everywhere. Northern Hemisphere. America. Yeah. And I've gone with my my go-to. This is my... If I'm having some friends over and I want to make something that we all can drink and have a good time with, this is what I make. And you can't see it, but this is the cup I've been talking about. I got nice. the 24-ounce Yeti with the handle there. Got me a nice watermelon margarita. Ah, oh, your watermelon. It's watermelon oh, margarita it's, season. It's watermelon season, babe. I kind of push it to Memorial Day because the really early season watermelon, like... Mm, Just not good. Mm, they're not quite there. I had the first so watermelon last weekend. prime melon season. 
We're getting into it. June, July is usually when it's peak watermelon season. But peak watermelon season. This is uh it's very delicious. How I make it, again, it's you know, it's like when you make chicken soup or lasagna or anything. Like it's one of those things like make it your own. How I do it, I get a bunch of crushed ice. I get the Costco pre-mixed with the booze margarita, pour that ah. in, bunch of chunks of watermelon. I smash that all up with an immersion blender. And then I throw in a little tequila, depending on what's floating around, usually in an Ajo, but I'll do a, a Blanco as well. And then I throw in a little Grand Marnier too. So nice. I, I like a little bit of orange, a little bit of orangey twist in there. Gives a nice little... You know what I've been layer, doing every layer. once in a while is uh, I got orange bitters. For some reason, I brought the wrong bitters last time I went. I was making old fashions because they have like the, the regular bitters, the um, lemon ones. But they have the orange ones and it makes everything taste so much just a little better. So that reminds me of like the Grandma and Yate, chuck a little orange bitters and stuff too. That works. I just bought a new handle of Grand Marnier too. And goddamn, nice. that's getting expensive. I mean, Whew. dude, it was like 70 something dollars. The booze has gone up a lot. I was looking at getting a Cointreau too. Again, orange. And a handle of Cointreau was like 80 something dollars. Damn. Like, goddamn, like it's getting out of control here. You don't have to buy another handle. Yes, I can. Yes, I do. Value, brother. Well, Value. if if you go back to podcasts from early 2022, that's when I bought the handle of Grand Marnier, and I was make I was putting it in my tea every night, and I was starting to blast through it. I thought I was going to be done by last summer, which would have been disturbing. Yeah, you were talking like I'm going to be done next week. I'm like, no, nah, you're not. You're going to hit the wall. Fortunately, I still have a tiny, tiny bit of that previous handle still left, and then. The new one is uh is ready ready in the wings <laughs> ready to the jump in because uh, i put it in like everything like i put it in my margaritas i put it like in my tea Orange if juice. i need to yeah right oj coffee i don't know if it would work probably not it's tea Co- like again yeah, tea works tea is great tea margaritas. works yeah it's all i really drink let's be honest if it's not like water or coffee sometimes you don't even put the tea in you just put that in the cup <laughs> just it just gives you what you need because Grand Marnier, for those who aren't in the know, is orange liqueur and cognac. I don't know mm. what the blend is, but it's just a very nice drink. And my uh, my wife's uncle, who I've drank with probably more than almost any other person besides you, he is a big Grand Marnier fan, and he would just have it like after dinner. He's like, "Well, have, have a couple bourbons, have dinner, whatever." He's like, "You know what? I'm gonna have for a Grand Marnier. You want one? Just put it in a little, you know, a little nice. tiny snifter, a couple sips." It's like limoncello, but it's the orange version of limoncello, right? It's like a Frenchy limoncello, but yeah, there but you, you have the co- yeah the cognac in there gives it a lot more. Yeah, I don't know if meat is the right word, but it gives it like a like a richer flavor. Yeah. Because limoncello is just too sweet. It is. It's syrupy I'm not sweet. A fan. It's good. It's just too sweet for me. Why don't they mix that with whiskey? And I'm sweet enough. Oh, like limoncello and like Jack Daniels together. That's gotta be a drink, right? Fucking limoncello and mad dog. <laughs> <laughs> the cross hey man. Is it white claw was a th- was not a thing before nineteen what, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen? Just a matter of time. Matter of time, bro. Yeah. Just get weird. Try it yeah. out. Why not? Cello and Mad Dog 2020. The key to life is experimentation, right? That sounds like genius. I feel like Wiley e. Coyote now. I like the sound of it. And the thing's coming in for him. <laughs> Nobody gets that reference because they don't show Wiley e. Coyote get hit anymore. Goddamn. That's Ridiculous. 
It's a damn what? shame. Can't fight City Hall, man. Just got to go underground, like pump up the volume style. Another old person reference. Hmm. Just pulling out all these old people references today. That's yeah. it. Just throw it out. All right. Well, speaking of old people, let's go to Ski News. And a lot of old people died in Austria in March of 2020. But you know what? The High Supreme Court of Austria has delivered a verdict that involved this old German individual who got COVID-19 in Ischgl, and the court ruled that Austria cannot be held responsible for its handling of the pandemic, which resulted in the ski resort becoming a focal point of disease in Europe with 32 COVID-related deaths traced hmm. back to the area. And now, I didn't realize... about Ischgl, Austria, which we've been... But it is madness to think that you could actually sue a country for a pandemic. But, you know, you could sue. Yeah, good chance of winning. Lawyer's going to lawyer, right? That's right. Lawyer's going to lawyer. So the plaintiff accused Austrian authorities of mismanaging the coronavirus situation in the early stages of the pandemic. He sought compensation for pain and suffering, medical expenses, and loss of earnings, claiming that Austrian authorities provided misleading and incomplete information regarding the impending dangers of the virus. Local and national Austrian authorities were criticized for their delayed response to the COVID-19 outbreak in Ischgl. Ronald Rohrer, Rohrer, R-O-H-R-E-R, Rohrer, it's a lot of R's, chairman of the expert committee established to investigate the response to the outbreak identified significant miscalculations by local authorities in Tyrol, Austria, who reacted slowly when the first positive tests emerged in the Ischgl resort. Rohrer stated that a proper assessment should have led to the closure of bars, suspension of ski lifts, and orderly management of departures from March 8th onwards. Wow. Yeah, he also further criticized the inadequate communication from officials at both the local and national levels. Chancellor Sebastian Kurtz announced a quarantine on March 13th without clarifying that foreign visitors were permitted to leave. This led to widespread panic with tourists hastily departing Ischgl to avoid a lockdown rather than waiting for an organized evacuation. Consequently, the virus spread throughout Europe. Hmm. The court's verdict concluded that liability for incorrect information could only be established if it created a basis of trust that led people to make erroneous decisions. In this case, the court determined that the statement in question was formulated vaguely and in the subjunctive mood, indicating that the evaluation was based on preliminary information and that further clarification was underway. Hmm. Seems almost obvious the way this played out, but it was interesting to see that it actually did play out as expected because, you know, and then just like I almost get like get like PTSD, like reading about all this again, oh, yeah. you know, the whole time. like just locking down and the quarantining and the panic and the nonsense and the bullshit. Like it's it's just. I almost don't want to read about it, but I know we talked about it so much even back then. It is nice to get some closure and, you know, it is, it's awful. It's unfortunate that people died, but again, how do you, how do you blame a country, a town for a disease breaking out? Yeah. You know, like it's, it's sort of unprecedented, but 
again, lawyer's going to lawyer. People want to grab a, grab as much money as they possibly can. So hmm. I understand why why it happened, but glad that they came to this conclusion. But it's damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? So while it created a panic and people were running for the hills, right? Mm-hmm. They're suing them for not taking action. Yeah. So you can't win either way. Yeah. And then there's one interesting thing is that allegedly Ishgill's local ski resort, Silvretta Mountain, was allowed to remain open for a week after the resort knew they had a coronavirus outbreak. On March 4th, several Icelandic nationals tested positive for COVID-19 after returning from Ishgill. CNN reports that Iceland warned Austrian officials that the travelers had contracted the coronavirus in Ishkil, but by then it was already too late. The virus was already in full swing in the Alps. Hmm. Some suggest that the initial outbreak could have gone back further than the first week of March. Like, aren't they saying now that it was like started in like late 2019? Could have been. Stuff was floating around. Like, how do how could you even pinpoint exactly when something started and how it got transmitted? Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah. And then it's just the finger pointing. Trying to sue somebody. And it's like, you know, ultimately you're responsible for your own actions. Yeah. And, and sure, it's almost anecdotal evidence. But a lot of the, t- the the folks that I've heard of getting it, who've had it bad, who've, you know, gotten through it, but who, who got it. One of the things that seems to be consistent in the stories. And again, this is totally anecdotal evidence is that there was. A lot of drinking, lack of sleep, hmm. you know, kind of kind of leading no, up to Ishkiel. them contracting it. And when you think of Ishkil, if you know what Ishkil's all about, it's basically just a big party in the mountains. And it's so, a big mosh pit. There's there's no there is zero buffer of contact. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the other parts of the story here is there was the guy from New Jersey who was trying to join the lawsuit. And claimed he passed the virus on to his father, who died of COVID nineteen three weeks later. Damn. Yeah. And so you know, like it's it's it, there's definitely some really sad, awful stories tied into it. But you know, again, to bring a lawsuit against a country for that for for the actions that you did, like like where's the personal responsibility? Like, yeah. it, not everything is everybody else's fault. Right. It's something that everybody is subject to. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of nice that it's put to bed now. And hopefully we won't talk about any sort of pandemic-related things for a very, very long time. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up we have... Peter Vockel's happy. Peter Vockel. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new connector lift that's eyed for snow and smugglers notch resorts so this just hit the press there's a gondola style connector lift that's being planned for stone mountain resorts spruce peak and smuggler notches sterling mountain so i guess they submitted a you know something to the vermont agency of natural resources if completed as currently planned, lift would represent a watershed moment in cooperation between the neighboring ski resorts and a new ease of travel between them for their visitors. The lift would span approximately 2,600 feet and ferry skiers and snowboarders from one mountain to the other, passing over the valley between the two peaks that contains a portion of the long trail 
Elephant's Head Trail and Sterling Pond. So they're saying discussions about the project between the state and two resorts have been ongoing and communications have been between the three parties in the aftermath of their most recent meeting concerning the project in March were positive. So they're still keeping it hush-hush. Nobody's really talking a lot about it. But uh, Smugglers Knots executives argued in communications with the state that plans and details for a connector lift should be considered confidential, which would have shielded them from becoming available through public records uh, act uh, requests and claim that keeping the plan secret gave the resort business a business advantage that wouldn't be compromised by revealing them publicly. So there's, they're slinging the lawsuits now. So, um, as in there's, they didn't want people to know about this is really what it is. Right. And Probably because they didn't beat. want protesting and they want people going and petitioning and saying, don't do it. So that's probably why they try to slide it in there. And now they're, um, yeah, they're, they're talking about the wetlands and the environment and all that stuff. So, um, you want to build something, let's throw the environment back at you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, let's, I like that point that they make that this is supposed to be secretive and like, this shouldn't have been released, but I think people like barely anybody wants this except for probably Vale, right? Because Vale owns Stowe. And if you, if you know that area at all, or if you're looking at it on the map in the summertime or now Stowe to Smuggler's Notch is six miles, but the road is closed in the winter time. So in the winter time from Stowe to Smugs is about an hour. And the nice thing about Smugs is it's kind of tucked in further North and West. So if you're going to get, Boston, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut people, they'll probably just go to Stowe. They'll have their epic pass. They'll go there. And Smugs gets more of like the families, more of the local folks, the Burlington people. And there's there's like a like a hominess, like a, a smaller resort feel to Smugs. Mm. And it makes you wonder, like, is the owner of Smugs looking to sell? Are they looking right. to sell? And is Vale kind of like, you know, wet in their beak, trying to make this happen, going to buy it and connect the two of them together? Mm. Uh, it's it's very possible. Yeah, you know, it could have been a long, you know, long play at instead of buying one resort, we could buy one resort, connect to another resort and essentially then buy them. And we're expanding in uh, North America. I don't know. Yeah, and it seems like the Stowe folks would benefit because they could also get to Smugs. The Smugs folks, I don't know if they'd want to go to Stowe. I mean, obviously some would, but there's a totally seems... different vibe between the two. Exactly, and like I don't there's know. animosity of that's the rich people. This is the regular skiers. Like it's local, very yeah, different. It's more family stuff at Smugs, and it's you know fancier, higher end Vale stuff at Stowe. So, yeah, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, it, it seems like this, this is the only way anything progresses almost in the ski world. It's got, yeah. it's like has to be done through one of the, the megas, one of, you know, still or a veil or, or Altera. And like, do we just, is it just like a matter of just embracing it at this point? 
mm. and and not fighting it, or do you do you know, do you stand up and do you do you make a scene? And I like that this whoever did kind of release this information, they they did it on purpose, which is cool. Mm-hmm. They released it and you know kind of shook up the plans a bit. I mean, to be stealthily building like setting up a gondola, like that's that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Greasing the right palms to get this thing taken care of. Yeah, just we got to get this through. This business. Yeah, it's it's gross though. So, I mean, it's possible nothing will happen from this, but uh, it's it's possible something big could come from it. So there was. Yeah. It, it's it cool. It looks like it's being shoved right through. So yeah, didn't say anything about any resistance that they face. So they're facing a lot of resistance, but it's not stopping anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the wording is interesting on this uh, Smuggler's Notch website. It's like, should we move forward? We will be rooted in the guiding principles of cooperation and collaboration to ensure this is a win for guests, the environment, and the community. Wow. How is that even possible that it's a win for the guests, the environment, and the community? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a win for somebody, and somebody's going to make money. That's that's the that's what it's all about these days, right? That's who's winning, man. Yeah. This concept is in the preliminary stages. We're trying to figure out who to pay off. And yeah. any actions will be subject to government approvals or payoffs. Or payoffs. Yeah. So government approved payoffs. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know the big the, guy's gotta get his cut. Big guy gets his cut. <laughs> We'll see see what happens. It'll be cool to to see how this plays out, if anything does happen with this, which is very, very possible. And again, speaking of the big guy, how about Schweitzer? They are entering into agreement to sell the resort operations business to Altera Mountain Company. Hmm. Big, just keep getting bigger. The acquisition expands Altera's portfolio to 17 year-round mountain destinations across North America. This happened on June 1st. MKM Trust owner and developer of Schweitzer announces that it has agreed to sell Schweitzer's resort operations assets to Altera Mountain Company. Schweitzer expands Altera's portfolio in the Pacific Northwest, joining Crystal Mountain in Washington. The addition of Schweitzer will bring the company's total to 17 year-round mountain destinations throughout North America as the only mountain resort within the MKM Trust portfolio for the last 18 years. Schweitzer has been consistently recognized as one of the region's top ski destinations in part due to significant strategic investments. Blah, 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 blah. This is boring. Uh, starting in the 2000s, over $100 million in capital has been invested into Schweitzer to help fortify itself as a premier destination in the Pacific Northwest, including terrain expansion, five new lifts, Sky House, the on-mountain day lodge, Humbird, a 31-unit boutique hotel in Schweitzer's village, and Canbium, a brand new wellness spa. Hmm. So basically, that's what they're going to do at Smugs, too. Put in a wellness spa and a boutique hotel. That's all you got to do. Just chuck it in there and boom. That's the port- that's the the playbook pretty much for a lot of these spots. Uh, MKM Trust, which has been the owner and developer of Schweitzer for the past eighteen years, will retain non-ski operations, real estate holdings, and will continue to lead future real estate development projects that support the vibrancy of the Schweitzer community. Hmm. I mean, these press releases all kind of say the same thing, 
you yeah. know, kind of paint what a wonderful thing this is and let's put up some more real estate and add some more boutique shops and hotels and restaurants and invest your money. I mean, this is, this is life. This is, this is the world we live in right now. It's what we do. It's what it's, that's what everyone's doing. Oh, I yeah. mean, can you even fight this anymore? I mean, you know, you have your, uh, your indie places, got your indie pass, but I mean, that's, this is sort of becoming the way for a lot of these resorts to stay alive. And if we don't have them, if we don't have Epic, if we don't have Icon and these big conglomerates don't exist, do a lot of these places shut down? Yeah, that's a big, uh, big part of the proposition, right? It's the economies of scale, right? So they can, especially if the market downturns, that's when we're really going to see the effect of this. If more of the small places that are now owned under one of the, one of the big umbrellas stay around, it's because they could prop it up, prop them up, you know? Yeah, we since the big conglomerations going on and, and the push of the uh, Epic Pass. I mean, they've had the Epic Pass for what fifteen years or at least now. But the big push has the been the last. Right the big push has been the last like five to ten. And yeah. if you go on YouTube, I found this video. I don't even know how I came across this, but it's from Wendover Productions, and they have a whole thing called "How Corporate Consolidation Is Killing Ski Towns." Hmm. And it's a really cool video and it actually goes through the history of the Epic Pass too and oh, how wow. it came to be and, you know, kind of goes through some of the numbers and how it, you know, makes sense and kind of brings that topic up too is like a lot of these places might not exist anymore if it wasn't for having this. So, which hmm. is unfortunate, but it's wild. It's also, you know, you kind of have to look at both sides of this and, uh, Again, you know, it, 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 how else if you're, if you buy an Epic Pass, what, 800, 900 bucks, think about how much you've unlocked skiing for yourself. Mm. You know, like you, it, it really is an incredible deal. And if you're just looking at it from that point of view, how do you pass that up? Right. That's especially it depends if you can, you know, where you can go or if you have a local mountain. Definitely. If good. you have a local mountain, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Why wouldn't you buy one of those? Yeah. I don't know how it works at Stowe, but I mean, I don't think Stowe is in, I don't think you get, a, I don't think you get a full. You get different flavors of it. And then they, they might have like a, like if you get the season pass, there could be a, an add on to it. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah, I thought a Stowe season pass was like almost two grand, two billion dollars. <laughs> or if you got like, like, I don't think you got the full pass. Yeah, it's blackout or partial or something. Well, here it is, nine hundred and twenty-nine bucks. Wow. I mean, I could have sworn like a full stow pass was like at least sixteen hundred dollars. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know. It is crazy, but okay. the economies it works for people, and it, it, you know that's why they're successful because. You know, if you if you break down the numbers, it gives people more opportunities and is more cost effective for them. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to it's going to really be a telltale sign what happens when and if the market takes a downturn, you know. Yeah, we haven't hit a uh, we haven't had like a, a recession since the big epic push and icon release. So, yeah. When are we going to get that? We'll see. It could be this winter. It could be next winter. Who knows? 
Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's uh, tough to say. Interesting to see how it'll play out, but. But that would be kind of cool connecting two mountains. Like think about that, them doing that for a lot of other mountains. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of becoming a thing now, uh, especially with Vail. Cause yeah. you know, you had park city and canyons was the biggest one in North America. I mean, Whistler and Blackcomb, that was a while ago. It was before Vail owned them. And then recently you had Palisades, Tahoe and Alpine Meadow. Mm-hmm. They connected. There's an Altera place. And now you could be getting this. And, you know, again, like you said, we're probably going to see more of this. And on paper, for folks, this sounds great. If you're just a skier who lives in Boston and you're like, cool, man, I got an Epic Pass. Now I can go see, you know, ski smugs too. Well, we've been talking about when we used to ski Killington that like, why don't they join Killington and Pico right next door? I mean, they're literally really close. Yeah. So I know they had plans in that they never put to fruition and there's probably reasons around that, but you wonder if this is, you know, that's the way some of the resorts are looking at like expansion, you know, yeah, we could buy another mountain, but wouldn't it be great to buy another mountain that we could connect to our, to make one bigger mountain, you know? Well, the Killington Pico is interesting because they're the same ownership. Right. Want to keep it separate. Yeah. Which is right. kind of neat, you know, because they're kind of, I mean, Killington's doing so much up there with the the village yeah. that's actually going to happen now. But mm. to keep, to want to keep them separate and to keep their own personalities. Right. You know, that's, that's almost commendable these days. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. But, yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. The whole economics of it is it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around to think about how much it really does cost to run a mountain. Yeah. How many people are involved in lift maintenance, mechanics, snowmaking, operations, mm-hmm. you know, running the the resort, you know, the resort buildings, the lodges, clearing the snow, groomers, like there's just so much mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. And to to think about all that and to go 900 bucks for a season and you can ski as much as you want. Like that really is an insane deal. If oh, you yeah. really look at it from that perspective, you're losing money. If you're not taking it, you lose yeah, Just buy an Epic, an icon and an Indy. There you Boom. Hat trick. You're good to go. You should have the hat trick pass. Be all three. That's the USA gold. Actually, if you join all three of those passes, right? What are they? 900, a thousand each, right? So you spend three grand. You get like, uh, Indy's only like 300. Oh, 300. Mm-hmm. So 2,500 bucks, let's say, you, and you get like all these ski resorts. That might be a plan. Build your own gold pass, USA gold pass. I don't know. You would have a hard time not filling up your, your, uh, your ski itinerary with all that's the three right. of those passes. But the you USA gold is transferable, right? So that's the big benefit you yeah. just loan that thing out to people yeah that's wow. true so we'll see what happens but a lot of big things it's still just june 1st there could be more things happening this summer we'll keep our I'm eyes sure on stuff i'm yeah. sure there will be too i'm sure there'll be a few more resorts added but we'll stay on top of it that's what we do in the summertime we keep thinking about skiing so that when skiing comes we're ready to go plan and strategize right 
And that is a beautiful segue into the main topic, which again, it's a light main topic. It's June 2nd. Like, what do you want from us? We're just trying to keep this thing rolling. But Mario, you have already, you're a, you're a planner. I'm a planner. I don't live in the past, man. I'm living in the future. You're already living in the future. So what have you started to research already for this upcoming season? So around like the middle of the winter, when it starts winding down, I start getting a little depressed that like snow's going away. I actually start planning out stuff I want to do for the rest of the year. So one of the things I was thinking about is where are we going to go skiing next year? Usually do one big ski trip with my wife. Um, and then I offered to friends, see if they're going to come out, if they can get away, commit that whole thing. So we already got on the, we already got a reservation, already made our plan because we've been going for weeks, figuring out another club med ski vacation. So we're going to do Les Arcs Panorama, uh, which is in France. Um, it's supposed to be a bowler ass resort. So you love these, uh, these club meds, don't you? Dude, they're all inclusive. I don't have to worry about a damn thing. And if you if you break it down, it's a lot less money than doing it on your own. Because you get like a you get like lift pad, you get um, lessons the whole time or a guide, right? Like so, my wife goes with her lessons, and I do my own thing with a guide, and it's like it's all included. And then nobody's pissed off. End of the day, meet up, <laughs> hang out. A lot of fun. This time I'm trying to get, uh, you know, go as press finally uh, and maybe talk to somebody, try to look to get somebody on the show maybe. Um, and then I want to find out the you know, deep, uh, deep info from them uh, at the resort. So I'll see what I could get out of this. So I was looking at Blizzards and there's like the, the first one that came up is right by Nice. I'm like, I don't think you can ski there, man. I think, you, I think it's a little too warm and flat. I think you signed up for the wrong place. But yeah, I found the <laughs> other one. No, that's in the mountains here. Oh, it just looks like if you were thinking like quintessential. Yeah, you're balling Alpine mountains, Alpine village. Like, yeah, it looks oh, it yeah. looks unreal. So we'll see. It's beautiful. I mean, you're surrounded by beautiful mountains. They have a lot of windows. Like, and you got a Le Folle Deuce. Is that how you pick these places? Like, do they have to have a Le Folle Deuce? Do they have Deuce? a Folle Deuce there? Oh, they do, sir. Oh, then I got to go where all the Folle <laughs> Deuce is. It's actually right on the, uh, right between a couple lifts. So it's actually on the mountain. Yeah, they, they all are. That's what, that's the hard part. If you go with somebody that's not a strong skier, Mm-hmm. or border they may kill themselves coming off the mountain but dude that's what that's my favorite thing about apre in the alps is that like you almost have like a badge of honor if you survive yeah it's just it's it's the quirky crazy part of skiing in the alps in another country in europe like that's the flavor the spice of life it's that's what you do What's the name of that artist that does those great um, pictures that we love that we saw in Zermatt? Oh, that was uh, some with bung- a. B? It's from Bungalow uh, Art. Bungalow, yeah, he has that one painting called Home Run. Probably Adam. Yeah, it, it's called Home Run, right? And it's like everyone drunk trying to ski from yep. the bar back home. It's the home run. It's it's 
it's something you have to really experience to truly appreciate. That's just what it is. It's just everyone is hammered trying to get back down the mountain. And they're all having a lot of fun. It's all and it is. For some reason, it's always the iciest, shittiest trail you have to go down yeah. when you when you get out of the bar. Oh, yeah. It's, I just remember that one in Ishkil. And the one in Ishkil was so crazy because you had to go on this, this really nasty, icy hill. But then you had to get, you either had to hoof it probably what, a mile? Half a mile, at least half a mile, maybe a mile. Or they had that the rope toe there to hang on and people are like falling yeah. off. Like it's just, it's people can't do the rope toe sober. Oh yeah. And when and you're hammered after a full day of skiing and drinking, like it's, it was just such a disaster, but it's hilarious as long as you can keep it together. And then after that, so you have to get down the icy hill, then you have to get through the rope toe. And then there was another steep, steep, icy, gnarly hill. That went right into the road. Like oh, that the was road great. where cars were. Like you had to make sure you could stop on this icy, nasty hill where there's a turn at the end and not ski into the road. Oh, we were um, watching people that one day and it was just terrifying. That was a great idea. We stopped and we actually had our little apres across the street from the, yeah, the uh, end of the trail in the street. I mean, did we see someone like ski into the street? Yeah, that's what we were watching. And it's like, it's just, crap, he's skied in the street. And this is a normal road like people drive on. I mean, it's, you know, not, it's not a highway. Personal's got taken out. Oh, it was phenomenal. Just, just unbelievable. But you know what? That's, uh, that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the flavor of it, you know? A couple Everybody's of snobs. Little, I pray they're going out. They're just flying into the road. Why not? After the I icy just, terrain. Live and let die, right? He was just holding on, holding on to their butts. Hmm. Crazy, but yeah. So, uh, let's that's that's on that's on the uh, list. So, I have a reservation. Looking into press. Want to get somebody on the show if we can. Found out some other stuff about Club Med. They are not doing the Club Med in Utah. They postponed that because they had a lot of delays. There's a lot of construction delays, but. That's what they're saying. Plus, they want to focus on some other areas. So, um, who knows? We may see. I just I realized too, looking that they only have one Italy location, one Switzerland location. Everything else is really in France, but then they have three really good Hokkaido ski destinations in Japan, Japan. and they even have two ski destinations in China. I'm like. Huh. Whoa. So you, you'd say you can see China if you can get out alive. <laughs> Brittany Guyana got caught. I'm like, I got, I'm gonna have so much weed on me, they're gonna be like, you never go on, you never see them in daylight. Um, she was caught in Russia. Same thing as China. Same thing. China, <laughs> Russia. Same people that are doing the TSA over there. All the same thing. <laughs> whatever, the, the CSA, China's whatever, security administration. <laughs> but yeah, so I got that. And then this will probably do so awesome. Oktoberfest is happening again this year. You're a Bigger bad man. Than ever. You are a bad man. Bigger and badder than ever. Mad respect. Of course, I ride my fucking scooter to work because I'm saving <laughs> up. Saving up, bro. <laughs> How you get to work? Scooter. That's right. 
Okay, if it rains, scooter. I respect that tremendously. Do you bring your scooter to your desk, like to your office? I do. I put pop it right there, and people look like you ride that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, no, I just have it here as a statue, dumbass. Yeah, I tell my boss all the time. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a scooter enthusiast. Yeah, it's just a classic. It's a it's a statue. Yeah, you should get a, a statue. You should get like a sweet Vespa or something. Oh, that well. Now you're talking. If that would cost money. That would mean no vacations. I think you got to register those, don't you? Do you? It's bullshit. Oh yeah, it's like a like almost like a motorcycle, right? I know. Oh, I see some of them on the uh, on the bike trail, and I'm like, really? We're we're driving actual, you know, mopeds on the on the trail now. Vespas are super cool. I wouldn't take it on a trail. Yeah, but they are like where I live, like right now to go to the beach. Perfect. Nice. You know, easy to park. You just kind of tuck it out, find your own spot. It's like every woman's Italian dream to ride around in a Vespa, right? I don't know what it is, but... If you're a mod, that's what you do. You drive your, your little Vespa around? Yeah, zip around. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have like a Vespa gang. For like jackets and shit. For like <laughs> initiation. They, didn't they have that back in England in like the 60s? <laughs> Vespa gang. That's what it was. Isn't that what the mods pretty much were? They were like a... Uh... Like a Vespa gang. Damn. Like, I don't know, man. I just got the kick, the crap kicked out of me by a, a gang of Vespas. Yeah, if you if you Google Vespa gang. The Vespa gang. Yeah. Sons, Sons of, of stuff. Clarity. Sons of Clarity. It's the Vespa gang. Yeah. I mean, I think so what was a good name of- for the Vespa gang. Well, I think the whole thing with Vespas was they were they wanted to have like a a way that for you could get to work, and that little shield in the front was that your pants didn't get all messy if it was raining or those puddles. Oh, look at that! Yeah, I think I learned that on comedians in cars getting coffee. Nice. Seinfeld was cruising around in a Vespa. So it's your fancy pants. Yeah. So I don't get my fancy pants dirty. You just want to be like a classy gentleman, you know? You're driving to going to work you want to get there and not get all messy dude i don't know how many indian like music videos you watch and the badass guy rides in on a vespa and you're like <laughs> and they're like nah, 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 nah. and he's like the badass he's on a vespa bro dude that Jacket. indian indian superman is one of the best videos ever oh <laughs> uh, like well, that one is just in bollywood and the cheesy filming is hilarious Oh, it is. It's pretty impressive. It's like a hole. That's a deep, dark hole. You rabbit hole. You go down. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to Les Arc, France. Yes. And this year, where did you go again? Last year, I went to Valterens, France. This year. This year. Oh, this that was this year. That's right. It's only January, right? Yeah, that's right. It was January. And you've been to, was it San Moritz, the other one? San Moritz, I've been, Switzerland, and then Pregelato. These are all club meds, right? Yeah. And then Pregelato, Italy, which I almost went back to Pregelato, but I was like, ah, because that's like, you could take the uh, side trip excursion to Barolo. Well, that's also too where you pretty much started COVID, right? Pretty much. That was 2020. That was January. 
right there. January, got back. February, March, they started locking shit down. And they had something going on in the Piedmont there. Uh, I think I might have had COVID uh, when I came back, but. You probably did. Who knows? I didn't get a vaccine. I was fine. You survived. Just uh, just the kids skiing carefree in the mountains right. with COVID. COVID had no, did nothing to me because I was happy. More skiing. like Novid. All Novid. right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, that was good because the food was nicer. I liked it. It was Italian food and the Barolo trip. I mean, that's, that's another. Sweet, yeah. If you're a wine enthusiast and you like nice Italian red wines, that's like a pilgrimage to the Barolo region. Yeah, that's that's a pretty sweet side trip to make. Yeah. So of that's those th- of the three club meds you've been to so far, which one's your favorite? <sighs> I gotta well, I did like the Val Torrens. I I kind of liked them for different reasons. I gotta say the um, Samaritz one. It was nice to see Samaritz. That was probably overall my least favorite, but. We did go to Dio Valesa, which is the uh, glacier there, and that was a phenomenal day. So it did have nice parts, and you get to see, like, you know, uh, Sam Rich, which is, which is kind of cool. Which is um, the best skiing? I say Val Torrens is pretty damn good. Nice. Pregelato was cool because they, are, they were all separate um, houses on the property, and it was the – when they had the Torino Olympics, that was the – village for cross-country skiing so they were all okay. these separate units and it was pretty cool like it was good and bad like it sucked because you had to go outside for everything to the main you know large building where they had all the food and everything but it was kind of cool like you were you had your own little like cabin it was kind of kind of quaint nice um and the skiing there is pretty good that was uh walk to the lift which is right there and ski back in so it was lift out ski in uh, that wasn't bad. This one is supposed to be a, a true ski and ski out. Like you ski right in and you ski right out. So nice. See how that works. Um, yeah. France just has so many epic ski areas. Yeah. And you know, it, this is going to be a different part of the Alps. So it's kind of like, if you look at all the places, you know, that you could ski, it's like you start, you know, traveling those Alps in different parts of France and Italy and, um, you know, Switzerland and Austria, it's kind of like you're all in that same range. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have like Chamonix and Val d'Isere, but yeah. this is even like Alpe de Huey and, you know, Walthorens where you went and yeah. they are like, it's just, there's so many epic spots. And they, they have a uh, club med resorts at a lot of those. Alpe d'Huez, they have Val d'Isere. They just added this year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, and that's supposed to be a, so they, they classify their resorts as like with the trident, cause that's their little symbol. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have like two tridents or three tridents, but then they have the four trident, which is less arcs. Um, and then they have a five trident, which is, oh, yeah. And then they even have one that's like 21 and up. They have another one that's like, um, the part of their it's like the hedonism budget. one. I don't think it's hedonism, but you can't have any. There's no kits, so you're dropping the f bomb whenever you want, not having to worry about oh, it. God, anything. it seems so nice. Just no kids for like a week. No kids, but you know, I gotta say, all the club meds I've been to, it's not overrun with kids. But the kids that do go, the parents they put them in 
in their ski group for the entire day. So it's kind of like you get to ski and they get to ski separately. Yeah, because you have rich parents going to club it. Exactly. And they can afford to just dump their kids into these things. Well, they were running a deal last. Actually, they're advertising now. Kids under 15 go free. Wow. So I don't know if there's a a fee that they pay. So I'd look into that because that's not a bad deal. Yeah. But again, the flights are what's brutal. The flights are, yeah. You have that. The the hookup that you have is just like, that's incredible. Yeah. So I married into that. So I married my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Absolutely worth it. (laughs) Absolutely worth it. Not saying she doesn't bring other things to the table, but that's. That is a nice perk. Mm, it's a really good one. It's yeah. so funny. Like I'm just looking at like France right now, looking at the Alps, and you know, I remember in 1992. You know, that's what, was it 92? Yeah, they had the Winter Olympics there in France. Albertville. And again, Albertville. Like we're talking about Courcheval and Chamonix and Val d'Isère and Le Arc, Albertville. It sounds like it took place in like Alabama. Yeah. So I went Who through Albertville this? in. Um, when we took the train, so we did Paris and then we took the train like to the foot of the mountains there to Moutiers and you go right through Albuquerque. Oh, nice. And it's a tiny little town. There's nothing there. It's like, I like how did you pick like, that? How was that the town that was in, like the Olympic town? I guess it's kind of like a crossroads. It looks like it goes to, you know, cause I think they had the, it's like at the foot in, in a valley. Yeah. It's, it's right around all the other stuff. So I guess they use the, the mountains right around there, but it's like, it's like if they had the Olympics and they're like the Olympics, the winter Olympics go to Rutland, Vermont. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> Rutland would be the center. People go, Oh, this is great. The skiing was incredible. Rutland. And then you pull together like five different mountains around, you know, yeah. Rutland's the center. Yeah. We went through there and I was like, this is a tiny little ass town. There's no mountains. I see them in the distance. Um, and then we went, Moutiers is just, just below, just south. And then from there, um, a lot of shuttles go up to the uh, the Alps in that little area. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy, the kind of skiing they have in France. You know, like, because, you oh, know, yeah. as Americans, we're like, yeah, you know, the little Frenchies, like the little Parisian, like, yeah. <laughs> and then you forget, man, it's so easy to forget how unreal the skiing is there. Yeah. I mean, they have some of the most insane terrain in the world. Yeah. It's bananas. That in Switzerland, it's like Switzerland just in. Well, Switzerland, you always think about as like skiing. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. French, you don't necessarily think about it. Switzerland and Austria is kind of like, you always think like skiing first. Yeah, that's true. But when you think France, you always think Paris and maybe you think Normandy Beach. I don't know. You think Nice, south of France. Yeah. There's so many other things you think about France before you think about skiing, if you're not yeah. a skier, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chamonix uh just north. See, that's yeah. the one place, Chamonix, that I was going to go on a trip there, and I had to cancel it for work. And um, to this day, I'm bitter. You should never cancel skiing for work if i was young learned, if you have learned nothing from this podcast <laughs> listen to my words right now never cancel skiing for work work yeah. is just work skiing is life is personal challenges it's the ultimate freedom never 
cancel skiing for work. That's right. You won't get anything out of it. You won't. Those assholes will fire you. Yeah. There's a great quote. I don't know. I forget who said it. Charles de Gaulle, maybe. Graveyards are full of indispensable men. So yeah. you may think you're so important at your job. You know what? You can get fired. They'll fire you. Who cares? Yeah. You might die. Who cares? A hot minute. Hot. Hotter than hot second. That's right. Do Never work here? Okay. put work above skiing. They're like, whatever. Whatever. That's what I want. <laughs> Do what I want. So that's awesome. I'm happy you booked that trip. That's going to be super cool. I think Obviously. I might want to go to Lyon. Because I heard Lyon has Dude, great food. I think we talked about that when yeah. you said you went to Paris instead of Lyon. Lyon just seems like, in terms of food, we were talking to people on the train when we were taking the, and they were like, "Oh my god, we just we we uh, went to Lyon and the food was incredible." I was like, "Oh, they're effer." That's one of those spots that, like, you know, again, we we base a lot of our our travel knowledge on you know Anthony Bourdain and where he went, and that was always one of his spots that was, mm. you know, always had some of the best reviews best you know most glowing conversations about was was leon wow yeah god damn yeah, like, it's... like, like I, 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 wouldn't it be just so epic to just take a whole winter and just travel through the alps oh that'd be great do you know how unreal that would be like those I think European... you, need, you need like a whole year you need the summer and winter that would be oh right just live it's up just... there not just six we'll call it six months it's be like a caveman up there unshaven it's like hermit just doing whatever you want and then i want to end it well obviously we're going to take over indoor in that process at some point oh that's we'll just, right we'll just roll down there but like just to to end it in like monte carlo or con like one of the, mm-hmm. nice like one of those places saint tropez one of those places on the on the uh french the riviera. riviera there yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool like France is, it's easy to sleep on it and kind of like, you know, freedom fries and making fun of it. And no, oh, the bunch of oh, queers over there. France. Country. Oh. Dude, they got, they're, they're in a killer spot. Like they really are. Dude, they had freaking <clears throat> Napoleon, man. Napoleon, bro. Dude, I know almost nothing about Napoleon. I know he sold out him in Africa and he came back. They burned his ships, everything. And he, he was like, screw you guys. You can't keep, keep me out. I'm coming back. But isn't it so funny like that they say Napoleon complex and apparently Napoleon wasn't even short. He was like average height for his time. But as a political move, they were like, eh, this little short little pussy, like Napoleon complex. Or he wasn't even yeah. that short. But it sticks. Goddamn media. I the only thing I know about Napoleon, like besides what you just said, is that he sold America uh, the Louisiana purchase. Like that he, like Jefferson bought it from Napoleon. Think of all the wealth that they had. All yeah. Napoleon. He brought all that crap. They had, I was in the Louvre last year and they had huge pieces of stone that they brought back from Egypt. And I'm like, it's hard to get that shit over today. Can you imagine with the boats and the horses they had? Oh like, God, it's an impressive feat. You know, yeah. you look at this and you're talking gigantic stone slabs they brought back. I'm like, holy moly. So, again, I was listening to Joe Rogan recently, another Rogan reference. And he had on uh, Mark Norman, and he was talking about how him and his wife went to to Paris. I don't know if it was their honeymoon or something. They went to Paris. They went to the the Louvre, and he said like he did a show, and he's like, "Oh, my friend gave you know a fan gave me some Molly," 
Yeah. Like, so, so they're going to Louvre like, oh, this is the perfect perfect spot. Let's take the molly here. Turns out it was actually crack. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> so like they took crack and went to the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> Not molly. That seems crack. the worst possible spot to take crack. Oh, geez. And it was. Oh, so never, God. never take drugs from fans. <laughs> unless it's unless it's at a snow show and it's weed and then it's okay then it's weed then it's okay it's fine it's just weed oh no, that's right he napoleon abandoned his army in egypt that's what it was See, he's all over he's worldwide again all these all these europeans trying to take over africa it's like leave it alone bro leave it alone. can't do it man. hitler was trying to do that whole thing the african corpse and napoleon like just yeah, leave that was africa weird. alone bro well, that's like a whole weird thing when you look at World War II, right? Like Germany was in Egypt. What the hell were they doing there? Right. And then you had Japan going at the same time. It was just nuts. nuts Germany is the size of Wisconsin. Yeah. They were fighting in France, in Russia, and in Africa. That's crazy. How did you expect this to end? Yeah. It's like you talk about stretching yourself too thin. There you go. And you're going to invade uh, Russia in winter? Come on, man. Russia in winter. Come on, man. That's crazy stuff. Didn't Napoleon try that too? I think, yeah. And that's why he was on the run, I think. It was something with the... Uh, I was just reading something on it that uh, there was... there was fight. He was fighting in... He was fighting Russia. There was something going on in Russia and then he was in Egypt. And I think that's how he decided to abandon his army in Egypt or something. Some weird <laughs> shit. I don't know, man. I think the more important question is, did Napoleon ski? I don't know. I think he, he should have or could have. Was he a snowboarder? I'm going to look it up now. Did Napoleon ski? Pretty sure Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, Napoleon. Like the Napoleon. The Napoleon. I mean, think about that guy. Napoleon Dynamite. And after him, Napoleon, like the pastry named after yeah. him, right? All Napoleon I asked was, did Napoleon complex. Ski? There's a lot of Napoleon stuff. See, now, if Napoleon was in charge of the media, Napoleon won every uh, Olympic medal that year. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> like the dictator, the guy's running, he shoots him. Well, didn't, um, wasn't there something they were talking about Kim Jong-il, the, the one before, the father, yeah. that when he first picked up golf, like the first time he ever played, he shot like a like a twenty seven under par, and they got a couple hole in ones. They're like, "Dear leader, is the most amazing golfer ever." He is the most amazing. There's nothing he can't do. That's that's hilarious. Oh, it's great. It's great. So Mario booked his trip. See, it's June. He's already thinking ahead. Think ahead. Think snow. Think right ahead. now, it's almost ski season. There's only yeah. two seasons. There's ski season and almost ski season. Right now we're in almost. And you know what? Soon, very soon even, it will be ski season. So what are you doing now to be ready? Ask right. yourself that every morning. And think of the motivation. Now I have a reason to go to the gym, reason to get in shape, reason to get, get my chi centered. <laughs> you got to harness that chi, son. Got to harness that chi. <laughs> You know, I'm still looking at my skis, trying to decide if I'm going to bring them or not. But I have these 
I'm having these conversations with myself now. It's good. It's just talking to yourself on your scooter. People are like, this guy's just crazy. He's talking, crazy. To, talking to himself on his scooter. Just leave him alone, bro. Just leave, leave him alone. alone. Don't mess with that guy, man. I can do something with my skis. I did use them last year. Nothing to yes. So not to me. Ski Make chair. a chair. Yeah. Buy new ones. We need a better ski sponsor. We need a ski sponsor. We need a yeah, we need a better <laughs> ski sponsor, one that exists. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the one that doesn't exist that sends That's, us new skis every couple of months. Right. We really need to go to Snowbound. Oh, we didn't mention Snowbound. So yeah. let's talk about we're Snowbound. We're gonna be up at Snowbound in Boston first week in November in hey, I haven't seen a Boston. contract yet. We haven't seen our contract. I mean, they haven't even asked for our rider, which is a little bit offensive at this point. Ooh, They're not planning ahead. Right we plan ahead. They're not planning ahead. We should roofie some of the reps. And get them I like stuff. where your head's going. <laughs> Bill Cosby got away with it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm getting away with it. We're going to need some skis for <laughs> Flip Florm. Flip and Florm. I got to get some skis. Now, when you're not gonna, I was skiing, wait, you're not gonna rate me. No, just want some skis. Zip, zip, zip it is out. <laughs> zip it is out. He's out. <laughs> hmm. I think I'm gonna take a little. Like who signed this contract? It was like I don't know what happened. I just <laughs> I was eating Jello pudding, and then all of a sudden I Blacked just woke out, up, and the contract was signed in my hotel room with this contract. I don't know how we're getting these guys so many skis, but that's how it works. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? And that's how you do business. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, right? That's right. Roofie it till you groofy it, something like that. Oh man, maybe we can get Bill saying, Cosby to sponsor us. I'm not saying we would do that. I'm just can saying you get sponsored by like roofing, like roofies. <laughs> imagine, well, imagine if Bill Cosby was a skier. Like, imagine he was like an OG ski bum. <laughs> And like that's how he was able to to get some money. Fantastic parties with drunken, passed out women everywhere. Oh, it's like right. Studio Fifty Four up in the mountains. Ah, Bill Cosby going. Ooh, instead of Rick James, it would have been Bill Cosby on Chappelle. I'm show. Bill Cosby, bitch. <laughs> bitch. He got his sweater on. Bill Cosby, bitch. That would be so awesome. It does feel like a Netflix series about like Bill Cosby as like a ski bum. Oh man, that would be hilarious. Like Bill Cosby as like. Jimi Hendrix and Warren Miller combined. The Bill Cosby Chronicles. He's like hanging out with Warren Miller, smoking a spliff with him. Like imagine the uh, the junkyard gang was like the ski bum gang. Oh, there you go. Right? How did we get the ski bum gang going on? <laughs> oh my god. For you Fat Albert bloods, on skis. For you young bloods, look it up. Fat Albert and the junkyard gang. It was a Are you thing. even allowed to even talk about Fat Albert? Isn't that body shaming now? Like everything, there's a you can't even just laugh. It's like Fat Albert. No, he's he's he doesn't have body image issues. Thyroid just, issue, Albert. He's big boned Albert. Big boned Albert. Yeah. I know what he is. In. Slow big metabolism, Albert. Albert. <laughs> Diabetes, Albert. We call him SMA. <laughs> so as not to hurt his feelings or make him less confident in himself. Oh. Yeah, you couldn't have a show like that today. You'll get picked apart. Yep. Uh, political correctness. Yeah. It's goddamn be shame. God identify shame. as fat Albert. Yeah. I identify as skinny. <laughs> That's right. I saw a uh, a fantastic meme recently. And I'm hopefully gonna find it 
not to dig through my phone too long. It was this comedian. He goes, if Lizzo is so beautiful, why do women get mad anytime I tell them you look like Lizzo? <laughs> <laughs> they like Lizzo. They think she's, they always say, oh, but she's so pretty. Okay, you look like this. That's like Adele when like everyone's like, I love her. I respect her big bonedness. And then she gets all thin and they're like, fuck that bitch. Like, why is she fucking skinny now? Like, I liked her when she was fat. Oh, she got super skinny, didn't she? She got so hot when she lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Yeah. And that just made the big girls angry. I know. They're like, what happened? She was one of us. Like, why is she doing this? We were all fat together. We were all alone with our cats together. I used to listen to her and drink my wine and cry. I was rolling in the deep with her and my cats. Now she's all skinny and like getting hot guys. Yeah, she did. She looks like amazing. Did she have like stomach staple or something? Eh, I'm not here to judge. I don't ask questions. I just no, I'm just wondering what she did because she lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Wow. Good I can't eat a bunch of meat pies all day. Green less meat pies all day. You know she sounds just like that, dude. I thought it was. I thought that was. I thought you pulled up a video of her talking. <laughs> Are you running some sort of AI engine? That's you were spot on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Adele talking about meat pies. Apparently, she was in My Fair Lady. <laughs> oh, I'm getting married in the morning. <laughs> Ding dong, the bells are going to chime. <laughs> I did some yeah. musical theater. I'm not gonna, I'm not ashamed of it. Did one play. In Show Tunes podcast right now. Show Tunes podcast, yeah. So is it gonna be like um, Glee where we gotta sing everything? <laughs> <laughs> we just can't just have a conversation. A, a singing podcast? <laughs> Can we just freaking talk? No, we gotta sing everything. It's gonna be sing, singing and dancing. The sing bum podcast. Like we'll just sing the whole thing. <laughs> like what is happening here? We the, the dark uh the dark side of Glee. And I we just don't really even... wanna I just really <laughs> wanna go get something to eat. I gotta fucking sing now. And you know what? We don't even talk about it. We just do it. I'm like, what the hell happened <laughs> to this show? What is going on? We just started singing. <laughs> Those guys were tripping balls. <laughs> It's funny, like you ever seen those memes where it's uh it'll show something in one language and then show it in another? There was one, it was uh it showed American. It's like bottle of water. And then it says British. Bo-o-wo-a. <laughs> Bo-o-wo-a. Bo-o-wo-a. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I think it's great. The English that's how you, that's how you say it. Phonetically. But yes, France. Viva la France. You have a wonderful Thanks. time. You're uh you're on top of your game right now. I respect that tremendously. You know, I can't even get Greek peak together three days in advance. That's that's we're like very yin and yang in terms of how we book our trips. Well, I'm so stressed at work that having that gives me a little bit of sanity that I gotta hold on to that trip comes. <laughs> There you go. I can't I can't let it all go to shit until I take that trip. So it kind of almost it, it calms you. It it centers well, it's you. keeping me alive right now. It keeps you from choking a motherfucker out. That's right. Keeping a lot of people around me alive. You're like, yo, I gotta keep it together for 197 <laughs> more days. Because I'm like I'm like the uh, Red Bulls guy. I'm like, God damn, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go skiing. <laughs> The hell is that guy's name? The tweaker guy. Oh, the crackhead guy? Yeah. 
we've made 87 Chappelle show references today. How are we forgetting his name? Tyrone Biggums. Tyrone Biggums. Oh my God. God damn. I can't believe we, we I'm, I'm embarrassed for both I'm, of us. I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for both of us. This is Tyrone Biggums. We're better than that. Oh, red balls. <laughs> red balls. Oh, uh, he's the tidy bowl one. This product placement right there. <laughs> What was the one where they have like like the giant? Like it's like a was it all the the horse dicks or something? And he's oh, like, that was the bull's penis on the uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, but that he's like, I can't factor. eat them all. There's like just <laughs> thousands of them. <laughs> it was Fear Factor. He's like, I'll eat some bull's penis. He gave me some hot sauce and he's just eating them. Oh no, he's what like, is it? What's the thing he has to lay in? Is it oh, the uh, or is it worms. cockroaches or worms? He's worms. like, I can't eat them all. He's like, no, 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 you're just supposed to lay in them. <laughs> He's ready to go. No fear. Yeah, yeah it was Joe falls, Rogan on. Falls asleep in there. Yeah, you need a paper. He's like, give me a paper. I'm reading the paper. Uh, Goddamn Chappelle show. Tyrone Biggums. Yeah. Yeah, I got to rewatch that. I watched uh, the end of Better Call Saul. Oh, nice. And the interesting part is it goes right up to after. So it goes up to Breaking Bad ending, and then it goes. After Breaking Bad, him on the run. Oh wow! So it's pretty neat how they kind of put it in there, Full and then circle. they had uh, Jesse, and they had uh, Walter White in there. They made appearances in the last few episodes, so it's nice. pretty neat. I got to watch the whole last season. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, but they they work that in there, and it's kind of interesting how they did it. And then you realize too, like while you're watching this the show, it's not a spoiler, but you're watching the show. And they start out with these weird clips of him like working in uh, a Cinnabon. Cinnabon, Cinnabon yeah. And it's just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is right. Was this before? Is this after? What is it? So that all gets explained at the end, too, which is interesting. Oh, nice. But yeah, it was good. It was, it was well done. It was, it was a little slow at the end, but, you know, they were closing the chapter on it and linking it with Breaking Bad and kind of closing the chapter on that, too. So it's pretty neat. Nice. But still didn't like the ending. Wasn't a big fan. Mm. It was weird. Yeah. Enough said. There you go. Watch it for yourself. That's right. And you know what? If you're flying out over to, to France to go skiing, maybe you can watch it on the plane. So, oh, there you go. There you go. So we'll obviously hear more about this as we get closer and get a recap eventually. But Mario, props to you for planning ahead. I love that. Thank you. I figure if I can, let's put it out there so i don't back out later if you don't plan you you're like oh you know i didn't plan and you come up with a million excuses if you plan ahead early you got to come up with an excuse to cancel it different if you don't have a plan you'll end up like lieutenant dan yeah boom <laughs> <laughs> yeah what he said there you go well, we'll have links in the show notes too, so you can take a look at Le Arc as well. And on uh, that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube, at Podcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. If you want to get some dope workout gear, go to 10,000.cc and use the code bschneider15, 15% off. 
Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.